This is Times Union sports reporter Philip Heilman. Today we have Jaguars beat writer Rhino Hallern on the line from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Ryan, we just had a fire drill in the Times Union office. Anything at the Combine more interesting than that? Well, it's tough to it's tough to top a fire drill, uh, but you had coaches and general managers from John Gruden to John Elway to Doug Peterson to Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell talking today. So it was a new it wasn't a newsy day per se about the Jaguars, but um, a lot of reading between the words, as people say in the broadcast industry. And um, you know, you try to what you try to do is unpack everything after a day like today. You know, I don't think we learned anything about Allen Robinson. And that was the goal today. Is okay, let's try and get an idea where they're thinking. You know, the Blake Bortles situation has been resolved, and they got that done on Saturday night. The goal was, hey, let's clear the deck for Robinson and Aaron Colvin and other free agents so the quarterback is, is taken care of. You know, Robinson is a candidate for the franchise tag. The plus of that is it keeps him off the market. The minus is obvious. It's a $16.4 million guaranteed salary. Is I asked Dave Caldwell today, what's the minus of tagging Robinson? He mentioned the dollar figure. He goes, and that could prevent uh, them from making other moves. I thought that was pretty telling, and I think ultimately that was going to provide our answer. I just don't think they feel comfortable taking a guy coming off ACL surgery, which is totally understandable in the Jaguars' uh, you know, view, is guys who have knee surgeries, even if they come back right away in week one, tend to take a little bit of while to gain their footing and uh, you know get, get on track. And I don't think the Jaguars may not, you know, the Jaguars may not feel comfortable doing that with Dayla. Yeah, it was interesting just watching from afar that Caldwell said, you know, if it hadn't been for that knee injury, things would have been trending toward an in-season contract extension. To me, that says, okay, Robinson's a guy that the Jaguars had in their long-term plans at one point in the not-so-distant future. Is this a situation where they could, you think, still figure out a long-term contract or, you know, maybe even a longer term, whether that's two years, three years, or do you think this is at a point of impasse where we could be looking at Allen Robinson in a different uniform next season? Well... The impasse part is sort of got on my radar now. Is you know I asked Dave that, and, and, and you know I asked I asked him that about Robinson because before training camp, you know Allen had told me that they had begun talks. So I think Telvin Smith took that Allen Robinson contract in terms of that slot midseason extension. Mm. Um, now that they you know they didn't give it to him, it, you know they got he has to show he's going to come back. You know what kind of deal do, do the Jaguars consider long term? Is it a is it a bridge deal? Is it a two year deal? I'm sure Robinson's camp is saying, "Hey, we want Devontae Adams six years, five years." Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, if you're Robinson, the gamble is if you're not tagged, do you wait for the open market and maybe a, maybe it doesn't develop as you, much as you think it would, and the Jaguars have moved on. So uh, the Jaguars' gamble is similar: is do you not tag Robinson and save money that way, but also run the risk of a team constructing a contract with a huge year one number that you don't have room to put under your cap? So it's uh, it's a it's a unique situation because of, of the ACL injury. Yeah, it'll certainly be a situation that we continue to follow through March sixth. That's a deadline until the Jaguars have. Uh, to place the franchise tag on Allen Robinson. Staying at that position, I thought it was another interesting development today. Dave Caldwell sort of insinuating that he maybe did not like Allen Hearns back at that $7 million cap number. Is that the, the feel that you sort of had as well? 
Yeah, it's one of those things. I asked him uh, you know, about Alan Hearns' status. Well, he's a great leader. Well, I think they like him as a leader. They don't love him as a $7 million leader. And when I asked the follow-up, is he going to be back at his current salary? He was not committal on that. Here's the thing um, about taking pay cuts is from those who've been around Dave Caldwell for a couple years now, he never wanted to make the leap to ask guys to take a pay cut until the team was competitive because you don't want to set that standard of, hey, the record wasn't great, but I was good. I won't, you know, I'm not going to accept that and such and so forth. And he did rework some deals in previous years, but he always added a year and moved around some money. Well, they are competitive now. Um, Alan Hearns is not going to get $7 million on the open market. He may not get half that. Um, if you're the Jaguars, you say, hey, we'll, play, we'll pay you three, three, three and a quarter million dollars, um, and, or you can test the open market. My guess is he would accept that contract. So the, the deal with Hearns, I think, is important to consider is, okay, Al Robinson is not on the contract. Marquise Lee is not on the contract. You can't let everybody walk out the door. So I mean, I, I'm guessing they will wait until they have some uh, decisions made on Robinson and or Lee, and then they'll make a Hearns decision. To re- re-sign A-Rob, I could see them cutting Al Hearns and just creating $7 million of space. If A-Rob is, is not a part of the plan, I think you sort of want to have some kind of veteran presence in that room. Another guy who will be, you know, much talked about over the next couple of days and all this could factor into is whether the Jaguars can bring back slot cornerback Aaron Colvin. Obviously, the Jaguars have Jalen Ramsey on one side, A.J. Boy on the other. You've advocated that Colvin's an important player to bring back. What was your sense from today? Uh, I think they do want him back, and, and you know, but they know they can't compete if he gets offered outside money. You know, A.J. Boy, what is like between like 11 and 13? Well, are the Jaguars willing to pay half that for Aaron Colvin to remain the nickel. If you're Aaron Colvin, do you want to stay in your comfort zone of playing inside, uh, or do you want to try and move outside where things didn't go as well a couple years ago? If a team with ample cap space comes in and says, we'll pay you 75% of an outside corner, play the nickel, then he should take it. Uh, but if you know if the Jaguars, I think their best chance is to get something done with him. Uh, before March 14th, because if he hits the market, I think he'll find something that's like him. And, you know, and Dave Caldwell's uh, MO since he's been here is if one of his free agents uh, is still unsigned when the league year opens, they're probably not coming back. Today was the first time we'd even heard from Dave Caldwell, at least publicly, since the third night of last year's draft. This was a guy who his team went 10-6, and six, made the playoffs, advanced to the AFC title game. A lot of the guys he's drafted in recent seasons, whether it be Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, so on down the line, played well. Did he do a victory lap? Was there any sense of that? Unfortunately, no. I want him to come in, uh, you know, walking like he was a big man on campus. And, you know, there was a lot of ground to cover. We covered some of it. Maybe uh, we'll run into him later in the week, but... You know, I showed him my list of questions, and the first one was the Brandon Albert debacle. That's how long it's been since we talked, <laughs> but uh, we, we didn't get around to that. But it's, he, he had all the reason to pat himself on the back. He has a contract extension. His quarterback has a new deal. A lot of his guys, his draft picks contributed, uh, made the Pro Bowl. So, uh, But you know, he chose the route he did, and um, I even with even in, even when talking about Boyd Bortles, he wasn't as effusive as he normally was because I think he has sort of restrained that respect as well. Very interesting. Turning our attention a little bit toward 
the other half of what the combine you know kind of offers and that's a look at the college players obviously not a ton of that today guys sort of just being measured weighing in that sort of thing what's the schedule like the rest of the week well the workouts don't start till friday friday saturday sunday monday um players uh player interviews with the media start tomorrow and run for the next four days so today was a big coach gm day and you know what you try and do is okay what position group is the strongest I mean, the coaches aren't prepared to answer that. They're still, they're just starting to look at guys. Uh, but yes, the GMs, and you know, I thought Howie Roseman gave a pretty you know, succinct synopsis uh, with the, how the, he saw it in the Eagles is, you know, um, it's a strong safety class. It's a strong running back class. Uh, tight ends are better than normal, which could play into the Jaguars at 29. Um, and, and a little thin at defensive line, which was uh, which, you, which you've heard around the league already. That's, if you need a, a, a pass rusher in the first round, this is not a good year to be sitting there. So, it uh, you know the big guys haven't measured yet, um, and the fast guys haven't run yet. So that's the thing about the combine is you know do the fast guys run really fast? Uh, you know do the strong guys you know win the bench press? So it's uh, it uh, you know people say it's the underwear Olympics. Well, there's a reason why there are thousands of people. It's an important event. It's a signature event for this league, and you know a guy can't kill his chances to be drafted, but he can certainly help them. Hey, quickly, who uh, who's a guy or two that you're looking forward to talking to on Thursday? Um, trying to think what position. <laughs> I think tomorrow's quarterback day. Oh, that's a big uh, one then. Yeah, this is Lamar Jackson. Has to say, uh, I'm sure he's a, he's obviously judging by his Twitter, he's obviously aware of what people think of his future, but. I want to hear Sam Darnold's excuse for not throwing. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles, I think, reversed the trend of guys not throwing. He threw here four years ago and really created some momentum that continued through his pro day, through his individual meetings. He got drafted by the Jaguars. Um, teams want to see you compete. They want to see you compete in uncomfortable situations because that's pro football every Sunday. Uh, the fact that he's waiting, um, I, don't, I don't like it, uh, but... Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'll. We'll see what he'll come up with a valid, valid reason to say so. But then the running backs is okay. Is is has the tide turned? Two years ago, Ezekiel Elliott went to Dallas top five. This past year, Leonard Fournette went top five to the Jaguars. Um, is there a team in the top five that feels their offense is just a running back away? And you know who would be that? You know, outside of Saquon Barkley, is there another guy that could go in the top ten? So it's. You know, I'm interested in the skill positions because really from a Jaguars perspective, you know, they look at tight end. Uh, maybe they need to look at receiver depending on what happens in free agency. And, and then later on, you know, you hear from the interior offensive lineman. Well, it will be fascinating to watch from afar. We're certainly glad to have you there all week long. We'll be reading you on Jacksonville.com and in each edition of the Florida Times Union. And hopefully we'll be talking to you a little bit more throughout the week on here. All right, Philip. Take care now. All right. Be safe, Ryan.